it just depends on how you view it's all depends on how you view it so those through those failures but they're not failures it's learning there is no failure there's only learning and it's how you take it right like then do you want to move forward and get better or do you want to say the world is so mean to me and the world is so hard and it's so unfair and you it's a choice right it's an absolute choice conversations with respected riders, industry leaders, and horse care experts. The show, which runs every other week, is co-hosted by Practical Horseman Editors, and our goal is to inform, educate, and inspire. I'm Jocelyn Pierce, and on today's show is five-star eventer Sharon White. I spoke with Sharon at her last Frontier Farm in West Virginia on the Tuesday before the Kentucky three-day event, which she was gearing up for with Cooley on Show, her most seasoned horse at the moment. Sharon was extremely gracious to open her doors to me at a time of the year that's incredibly stressful for riders, and we packed in a lot in three hours. I got to watch Sharon school one of her rising mounts over her cross-country course. I watched her work with a student who was having problems at the water drop. She coached a jump school with three other riders, and we also had time to squeeze in an interview about her preparation for Kentucky with Cooley on Show, as well as this podcast. Sharon has been a staple in the world of elite eventing for decades and has an incredibly dedicated following known as Team Orange. For those of you who aren't familiar with Sharon, her signature cross-country colors are orange and just about everything at her farm is orange too. Paddock gates, cross-country jumps, pitchforks, shovels, you name it. It's easy to see why she has such a steadfast following too. Sharon is incredibly positive and upbeat and her laugh, which you'll hear several times on the show, is contagious. But Sharon also has an incredible work ethic, a penchant for learning, and relentless determination. Before we get started, I want to take a moment to thank Sharon's sponsors, Blue Seal Feeds and Kent Nutrition Group. Now, let's jump right into the episode with Sharon explaining what first drew her to horses. Uh, my mom definitely was the one who who introduced me to horses. She um we didn't, I did not have horses growing up and she did not have horses growing up, but she always loved them and had always wanted one as a child and then had tried out for her college riding team at Smith College and didn't make it and had just, but she had always loved horses, but they were not a part of our life. My dad's in the, was in the Coast Guard and my mom was a high school Spanish teacher and horses were just not something I ever thought about until one day my mom when you're you know you're I was about 11 or 12 and your parents try and I took flute lessons and piano lessons and gymnastics lessons and ballet lessons and all of those things that you do for your kids to see what they you know like and love and one day my mom was like we're gonna go riding and I was like okay right and she opened up the yellow pages and we ended up at the Great Falls Horse Center and that was it and it was instant instant love for me the smell the everything it was all it was like oh this is this this is what I want to do like this is I want to be around horses so that's how it started 
how did you kind of fall in love with eventing? So Great Falls Horse Center actually had an unrecognized event. Uh, we didn't know anything. Like, we didn't know there were disciplines. I didn't know there were disciplines. I didn't know there was English and Western. I didn't know there was dressage and show jumping and cross country. It's just Great Falls Horse Center was a place you could go and pay to, for a riding lesson. And they happened to do eventing there. And so that's... I never knew there was anything else. And... I think wherever I would have landed, I probably would have just done whatever that was because we had no, I mean, no, absolutely no knowledge whatsoever, except my mom had always wanted a horse and, and I was in love. So it didn't actually matter to me what I did. I just wanted to be around them. And I ended up working there on the weekends in school. And my brother used to have to drive me out there because I couldn't drive. And I, you know, worked all day long. I was happy to spend, you know, the typical, right? The typical spend all day long at the barn, a dollar an hour put towards lessons. I scrubbed everything you could possibly imagine and loved every minute of it. And who would you say, you know, what riders and coaches have kind of influenced you or served as mentors? There are so many. I, I think it's, it takes a village, and I feel like I have been so lucky in my life to be surrounded by some really fantastic horse, horsemen and women, and I am forever grateful to all of them that have helped me in some way, shape, or form. Um, being at the Great Falls Horse Center, my one of my very first riding instructors there happened to decide to move on, and she said, "You should, you know, move with me." And I did, and I ended up with a woman, Dina Vaughn, who was had groomed for Torrance Watkins. So, so Dina has really shaped my life immensely. Um, and then I ended up working for Torrance through the Dina connection. So, and then from Torrance's, I went to Bruce Davidson's. Um, again, I've just been around the best in the world my whole life. And I am super, super lucky for that. Um, Jimmy Wofford, when I moved back to Virginia from Pennsylvania, Jimmy was, um, who I went to and, he has been a part of my life ever since. Um, I am lucky enough that he comes out to the farm. Um, there's just so many wonderful, amazing people that I've been put into contact through the wonderful and amazing people, right? It's, it's, you know, people who, you know, you try and really encourage horsemen and horsemanship and riding. So because of Jim, Jimmy, I've been to some really amazing dressage people, Linda Zhang, um, now being overseas a bunch of times. I'm really lucky to um, have met some really good friends and peers and people who really helped me um, around the world. And again, I'm just super grateful. And you've also given back and you do a lot of teaching as well. Why were you drawn to teaching? And do you think teaching has kind of, you know, improved your own writing? Well, when you're, what, to be very frank, when you're starting out in this business, it's a super hard business and you have to teach lessons to make money, right? Like that is why, that is why you start, you know, I, it was not something I ever thought was just something you did, right? Like this is you. So, oh, so you want to be a horseman, right? <laughs> well, how do you support yourself? Right? So I went from working for 
Torrance and then working for Bruce. And then when it was time to go out on my own, which, you know, is a, a risk you take, I galloped racehorses and taught pony club. And that's what you do. You, st you start by teaching pony club and, and that's how you start teaching. And, y you know, it's fascinating, right? I think people start teaching before they should ever teach, right? <laughs> which was certainly the case for me. And it's trial by error as you learn and grow. And I think um, I don't even think about teaching or coaching anymore, meaning it's now something um, that is a part of what I do. I'm fascinated by helping people learn about their horses, right? Like I'm, I'm fascinated and I really have a strong desire to help horses in the world, which means helping the people around them. Um, so I think that's, um, first and foremost, my interest level there. And I think that is what makes me a good teacher, right? Because I have a, a, a big, or I'm very compassionate for the horses and most people who have horses are. So that's a, that's a, it's something I can help them with. Is there kind of like a running theme that you see with your students that they kind of need the most help on? Or are there certain kind of areas that you focus on the most with them? I think that in my teaching, I end up focusing on what I am learning at that moment, right? If I have learned something new, then I'm so excited about it. It's like little uh, eureka moments. And then I'm like, I'm going to share this with everybody because this is the answer, right? Like this will solve everything. And that's like, so I love continuing my education because I always have those moments. You could never possibly know everything about horses ever. And that is what makes them um, so wonderful like I learn something new every day and and someone says something to me in one way shape or form and it means oh my you know it's in a it's a it's a light bulb right or I think oh I heard that 30 years ago <laughs> in at the Great Falls Horse Center and I just didn't know what it meant because it's all the same information over and hopefully it's all the same information over and over again and when you're ready to hear it you hear it and then you can then instill that in others right so it's I try and keep um I do try and keep it very basic I think that horses go the way they're ridden horses go the way they're ridden period end of story and you stick to true horsemanship, um, you know, the, that has been around for hundreds of years. No one is reinventing the wheel here. It's just um, at any given moment in time what a particular horse and rider that is in front of you needs. Um, and then with my students that are with me all of the time, it is you know, what, you know, again, whatever that thing is that I've just rediscovered or discovered or whatnot, you know, there is a passion for that at that moment. Do you have a favorite type of exercise that you like to do frequently? And um, can you kind of describe it if you do? That's so interesting. I don't actually have a favorite exercise. I don't, um, I, I like all exercises. <laughs> There's so many in the world. Um, I couldn't actually pick one. And I think there's, you know, are we talking dressage? Are we talking show jumping? Are we talking cross country? Are we talking conditioning? Um, so I think 
really paying attention to your horse and what they might need on a day. Some, some days they need pressure. Some days they need no pressure. Some days they need a hack. Some days they need a day off. Some days they need a kick in the butt, right? Like it's, it's, so I think you have to really have a schedule, have a routine, have a plan, and then listen to your horse. What do they need, right? Are they young? I, I think part of the reason I don't have a favorite exercise is an exercise for, you know, a young horse, you're strength developing and educating. A, an older horse, you're doing physical therapy when you're riding them and you're making sure they don't get, you know, bored with what you're doing. And so there's just so many variables there. Um, I think it's, you know, so give me a specific, a specific issue and I'd give you the, the exercise I'd love for that issue at that moment in time. But the, there are millions. Who are some of the most important or influential horses in your life? Uh, that's a hard one too. <laughs> um, but right now it's definitely Coolion show is, I just, I am so ever grateful that he is in my life. I enjoy riding that horse every day. He cracks me up every day. He makes me laugh every day. Um, just seeing him in the barn. He's I just he's he's very special to me. Uh, he'd be, you know, I, I, he's a wonderful horse who loves this job, right? He loves this job and that's it's very lucky to find that horse that just loves the job you're asking so much and finds it so easy. Um you know, to, you know, to the extent that, you know, that it's obviously hard work and he doesn't always appreciate that. <laughs> and sometimes I think I love him too much, <laughs> but I will not change that. Um, I just really hope to be able to keep producing him to the best of his ability and keep him physically and mentally fit and strong and doing the job well. Um, other than that, I've had some wonderful horses throughout my lifetime. Um, my first four-star horse, Ready About. I'll never forget her because the first horse you run around your very first four-star around, she was self-produced. It was a, I can't say exactly because I can't use foul language on this, I think, but what a disaster that was and what a great creature she was to go around with someone who had no idea what they were doing, like not even a small clue, like none whatsoever. And that's what I think, like it's so interesting um, that you can, your first four-star horse, you know nothing, right? Like, you know absolutely nothing, and aren't they genuine and amazing to go do it? And then you learn. You just learn is, you know, through the years, experience, you learn how to produce them better. And you mentioned kind of that Coolion show, or Louis, as he's known around the barn, that he makes you laugh every day. What's his personality like? He's about as laid back in his own way. He is, like, he's actually, he is very laid back is wrong because he will go from nothing bothers him because he won't let it like it's it's wonderful like if you're in his space and he wants you out of his space he will kill you like it's not even it is not even a like you, you he switches and he's like i need get out right like get out and it's um you can't you can't overpower him. He doesn't actually acknowledge that. Um, so you have to be very wary. It took years of driving this horse around. It used to be so awful in the Starbucks. 
you know, he's still not the funnest. Um, but we had to take our time and you couldn't go in a stall with him unless he was tied up and just, just very much self, um, you know, he'd be dominant, right? But at the same time, he's not mean, if that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. He just doesn't even cross his mind that someone's going to get in his way or his space. And that's how he feels about cross country jumps too. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, what do you think makes a good event horse? What kind of qualities do you look for? I think trainability is huge. I think trainability at the same time with the athletic ability to do what you're asking them to do, right? You can have a super trainable horse that is just incapable of doing the level you want them to do. So don't ask them to do it. That's unfair. You can have a horse with all the ability in the world that doesn't want to do it. That's also, you know, not fair, right? Don't ask them to do it, right? Like that's, so I can't actually answer that because I'm looking for everything, right? Like in, in each horse is slightly unique. I think, um, you know, certainly a horse that wants to work with you and is happy to show up to the office every day is easier than one who doesn't want to show up to the office every day. At the same time, like Julian show, he doesn't want to show up at the office every day. Right? <laughs> so there's, you know, it depends on what you're doing, but he's a competitor, but you wouldn't know that you wouldn't know that if you were going to look at him to, to purchase, how do you know they're a good competitor? So, um, it's a little bit, you have to go with a feel and then go with people you trust. To help you pick the right ones. And when you compete, do you get nervous? And if so, how do you handle that? Um, absolutely. I get nervous. And I'm way better about handling it than I used to be through years of work on uh, mental... Uh, to be aware of what I'm thinking, right? Like, that's because horses... I believe they go the way they're ridden. So if you are mentally wound tight because all of a sudden it matters, like, you're... They, your your results are not going to be what you want them to be. Um, and I think that's fascinating. So I spend a lot of, actually a lot of time working on what am I thinking and what, and knowing what's going on in my own mind and then trying to control it. Right. Which is a, I think that's a life for me. It will be a life long thing I do every day. I'm a believer in, in meditation. I'm a believer in, I think um, I now can physiologically control my heartbeat really well, right? So that's really useful. Um, and it's something everyone can learn to do, just so you know. And um, and then it's a question of uh, just realizing that I personally, I'm always, I know I'm prepared, right? Like I know my horses, I'm not asking them to do something they can't do. I know I've prepared. So then just knowing you can't always control the results. Do you have any kind of routine before a competition? Do you do anything, you know, do you have any superstitions that factor into the, your routine? Um, before I compete, I have to have a little quiet. Like I have to go somewhere, whether it's my truck, whether it's my trailer, whether it's just somewhere I have to go and have a little peace and quiet where I can best clear out the mind and, and be able to focus on what I'm doing. Um, I didn't used to realize that, right? Because 
you're taught to be polite, right? You are taught to be polite. So I would always welcome everyone around me because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. Um, and it never occurred to me that that is actually um, quite hard on um, your mental focus, right? Because then you're you're not giving yourself the chance to focus on the job at hand. And I think that is important for Others who have been taught to be polite their whole lives, right? Because we should all be polite. But at some point, you actually have to say, actually, it's, it's more important for my horse or what I'm doing that I can take a little time and say, I, I just need this time so I can go do my job and then I'll see you when it's done. And how do you handle things if they don't go quite the way you hoped for or you expected? Also better than I used to. <laughs> <laughs> all in due time you know, just, it really depends on the moment you know some like you usually really know right like so the ones that are when when things are not super um but you know that you gave it your best and that you you know yeah like there's always a reason there's always a reason for everything right so your horse didn't you know get through the event well, was it because you were asking too hard of a question? You know, was it, you know, outside the horse's capability? And sometimes you have to do that, right? You don't know whether they can do a level till you go and do it, right? And if it's that, then I'm okay with that. Hey, look, I try. I was prepared. I tried. This horse is telling me they can't do it. I'm okay with that. Um, I struggle more when I know it's because of my mental state, right? I know that... that um, you know, that I got worried about, usually it's not worried about the job, it's worried that the horse is going to get hurt or I'm not going to make it to the big goal competition. It's possible that I just did that at the Fork with Coolion show. I got a little anxious that he was going to get hurt before Kentucky and that's the wrong thing to be thinking, right? And it's not, it's, and it's, it's, so then I get upset with myself because it was unnecessary and that was letting my mind um, the thinking mind take control oh, as opposed to just doing what I know how to do. So that's a little harder for me because I know it now. And then it's, then you beat yourself up and you have to try not to do that too. And you've certainly had your fair share of accidents. Um, I read that in 2005, you were in a wheelchair for five months, you had a shattered pelvis, and then you broke your pelvis again in 2015. And I'm sure there's plenty of others kind of, um, how do you get through that? Uh, it's a journey. I don't actually know. Sometimes it makes me laugh because I'm like, whoa, you just keep on ticking. You take a licking and keep on ticking. And it's, it's so interesting because, um, like, uh, like through it all, it has really helped me. It's all a journey, right? So I know so much more now about, my physical body, my mental state, my riding ability, my ability to judge horses, my ability. And it's all, you know, all of those accidents were from greenness, right? From just being slightly clueless and going out and, you know, that's, look, riding horses is dangerous. So it's driving the car, right? And it just depends on how you view, it's all depends on how you view it. So it's um, those, through those through those um, failures, but they're not failures. It's learning. There is no failure. There's only learning and it's how you take it, right? Like then do you want to move forward and get better or do you want to say, 
the world is so mean to me and the world is so hard and it's so unfair and you it's a choice right it's an absolute choice and I feel so again so lucky for the horses and I get to ride horses for a living I mean my goodness sakes right and I love it right I love what I do so therefore no matter what happens I will be grateful because every day I get to I, the horses around me make me smile. My farm makes me smile. The everyone who works here works so hard, and it's a it's a labor of absolute love that is fulfilling for me. So I'm grateful for that. And the all the roadblocks along the way are just it's you know at this point it's keeps me from being bored. <laughs> what do you think is the hardest part of this sport for you? Oh, geez. I think, uh, I think this, I think any, I think all things are hard, right? Like it's like, it's a challenge. Like we say eventing is so hard, right? But I'm pretty sure I know nothing about golf, but I'm pretty sure golfers say golfing is so hard, right? Like it's, you know, like it's meaning it's all hard. Like you, you have expectations, right? You have goals, you have expectations and then can you meet them? Right. So that's true of anything. I'm sure that's true of I mean, just anything you can think of, it's, it's difficult. It's how, it's how you look at it then. Right. Like, so, um, I think with everything, if you're going to do something, you know, do it as well as you can to the best of your ability with a bit of joy and passion and it's all going to be okay. How do you stay motivated? That's easy. I haven't achieved my goals yet, so there's huge motivation, right? Which is, I have some, uh, you know, it's it's like there's, I just have huge motivation to be as good as I could possibly be and to make my horses as good as they could possibly be. And I don't think if you are that, uh, I don't think I will ever be satisfied. It wouldn't actually matter what I achieved. It's never going to be, there's always going to be another goal, which Again, I'm so grateful for because, like, it's a Chinese curse. May all your dreams come true. And that is so correct, right? Um, what qualities do you feel, you know, kind of make you a strong competitor and a good horseman? You know, what is it about your personality? I don't give up. That makes me a good competitor. I persevere, which is huge. And I am fascinated with learning. Like, I love learning. Like, I just I feel like I never could possibly know it all. Um, so between those two, I think that puts me in a good place to um, be a good competitor. Sometimes I worry that I am not the competitor that some of my competitors are because, you know, I'm, I'm more... Like, I'm just fascinated by the whole thing, right? And and I love, like, so I, I find that interesting. And that is, again, another part of learning, right? Like, how do you learn to be the best competitor that you will never let your country down, right? And that's that's also fascinating. So, um, you know, that's my, my next goal to figure out. And what are some of your other interests besides riding? If you even have time for other interests. <laughs> I love trees. <laughs> trees and horses. Um, I love trees. I love trees. I love my farm. I love um, every this time of year. It's the spring. It's beautiful. I go slightly nuts and I love planting trees and bushes and flowers. And I that is my other huge interest level. It makes me super happy. Um, 
I don't know, land, dirt, things that are green, um, things that grow. Uh, so that it would be my other true passion as well as then um, I'm fascinated by the, how the mind works. So I do a lot of meditation and reading and can't even say meditation because that's, that's, um, I think that's also hard to do to sit still for, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I work on it, but I do like a lot of, um, listening to things and whatnot for, to, to learn about how, how, how we experience life. Mm -hmm. Um, and when you say reading, is that, are you reading about meditation and how to meditate or just kind of reading in general? Um, learning, learning. Oh, there we go. Learning it. I love learning. So yeah, learning about, um, you know, meditation, Zen, Buddhism, Taoism, all of those things. And I am so, I'm so fascinated by that because I think it really relates to horses, right? I think it really is, uh, helps me with my ability to be around them and ride them and be a better competitor. So I'm fascinated about learning about all that too. And you mentioned your farm. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your farm? And I you know you bought it with your parents, you know, several years ago. And can you just tell us a little bit about it and where the name comes from? So the farm is Last Frontier Farm, um, and the Last Frontier is Alaska, and I grew up in Alaska. As I said, my dad was in the Coast Guard, um, and then my mom ended up being Chief of Staff or Senator Stevens from Alaska, so hence Last Frontier Farm, and I feel lucky every day to have it. Um, it is something I bought with my parents. My dad still lives here with me. My mom actually passed away a few years ago here. Um, after being diagnosed with a brain tumor and giving being given six months to live, she lived for 12 years on this farm with me, with dogs and horses and trees and a spazzy daughter. That was so. Um, so I just I love my farm. I, it makes me. It's a. I find it. Um, I would say peaceful, though my staff, who is amazing, would probably say you don't act very peaceful, especially this time of year. <laughs> but um, it's a it's a great place for horses. Um, I think they're very happy here. I think riders are very happy here. Or at least I would like to believe that I'm happy here. So there you go. And I love having my dad, and you know, here all the time it makes me again. I'm lucky. And if you weren't a professional rider, what do you think you'd want to do instead? I have absolutely no idea. I don't actually. Sometimes I wonder and I'm like, I have no idea. I'm sure it would be made clear if I ever had to make that decision. Um, but I honestly don't know. I think, again, you can do anything. Like You can absolutely do anything. Sometimes I think I'd be the world's best housekeeper because I'm anal retentive so I know how to clean so I could do that really a while and it would probably make me really happy too and then I think I could be an excellent teacher uh professor of some sort or whatnot so it doesn't actually matter right like I don't know but if I had to do something different um you know hopefully I would find some joy in it and what's something about you that people might not know 
I think I just said a lot that probably people don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think I have just put it all out there. I don't know what else there is to say. <laughs> I really don't. People might not know that I have a wonderful, significant other, Henrik Ranneker. We've been together for 12 years, and he is so fabulous, and I'm so lucky for that, too, because I am so mean to him sometimes. It's shocking, and then I have to get mad at myself. Um, but we have... It's relationships are hard, so that's um, so we're pretty. It's pretty fun, and most people don't know that because we're not married. Um, I used to not believe in the institution of marriage. I learned that in college. So <laughs> there you go. That is something that definitely not everybody knows about me that they do now. <laughs> but I always call him my ball and chain, so we're good. <laughs> what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, geez. I don't know. I do. I'm a big believer in that, that youth is definitely weighted, wasted on the young. If you know, but I think that's just life, right? Like that is like all of the, you know, all of the things that you learn as you get older, like that you didn't know when you were younger, Well, that's just everyone's life journey. So that, you know, I couldn't tell myself to do anything differently because it's all a journey. I've learned something from everything and hopefully I just keep doing that. Um, you know, I, I think enjoy if I had enjoyed sooner and, and whatnot that, but then again, that's a, that's your personal journey, right? So whatever your path is, you're going to get somewhere. So, um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, that's an interesting question. And what's the best advice you've ever gotten? Oh, geez. That's a great question. I, I don't actually know the answer to that. I've gotten such good advice. Like I have gotten such good advice over the years that recently I got great advice from a good friend, Dirk Schroeder, who helps me out a lot in eventing. And he basically was like, for God's sake, Sharon, grow up, right? <laughs> I thought that was great advice. So sometimes you just need that too, right? Like you need to get, you know, like just look, you've, you've been like, believe in yourself, right? Like that at some point it is your journey and it's say, it's all saying the same thing, right? Like just, so I think there's great advice everywhere. Well, thank you so much, Sharon, for talking with us. This has been great. You're so welcome. Thank you for wanting to listen. <laughs> thanks for listening to Practical Horseman's podcast with Sharon White. And thanks again to her sponsors, Kent Nutrition Group and Blue Seal. The PRAC team is currently down at the Kentucky three-day event cheering on Sharon and Louie, so be sure to check out our coverage of the event and join us again in two weeks for our next episode. Upcoming conversations are with eventing legend Jimmy Wofford, eventers Buck Davidson, and Great Britain's William Fox Pitt, as well as top hunter or rider Liza Boyd. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, and while you're there, please rate and review the show. I'm Jocelyn Pierce, and you've been listening to the Practical Horseman Podcast.